I have with me today the man mm-hmm. behind the voice. You might have you might have watched Dubai One before, and you may have heard uh, somebody say on Dubai One. That's right. Yeah, that's right here on the podcast. I got Miltiadis Nicholas Kivernides, the man behind private government and a good old friend of mine. That's Mil, welcome man. to the Basil Meets Podcast, baby. Finally. It's about time. Finally, yeah. We've been talking about this for a long time. Yep, we have. This is, the, this is the first time. This is the first time you have a setup, you know, that's <laughs> decent. And it's with an audio engineer who's been pestering you to get a good setup. Right. I think what people don't know is that we've been, uh, we've been fiddling around with this soundboard for the past hour. And uh, <laughs> and we just finally figured it out, but uh, but it's the first time for us to be here, yeah. and uh, and it's weird. I have this microphone in front of my face, so I can't see you. Uh, it's got to be set up right, but uh, you know, it's it's a starting point. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's more inviting to to sit down and have a conversation when you have a setup like this. You know, I I, I can I can get used to this. This yeah. is good. Yeah, I can get used yeah. to this. Uh, Hind, what do you think? Some visual adjustments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, can, that, that can be worked out. The background and all these things. Yeah, Plus, yeah. Like, it's beautiful. Maybe, maybe we could utilize the screen for something exactly. right here. I mean, I don't know what we would put. Maybe the Basel Meets logo, and that, that'll, be, that'll be stupid, I think. That'll be stupid. Playback when you're having discussions with uh, whomever's sitting over here, kind of like how Joe Rogan has his... Uh, That's right, yeah. His, uh, visual, fact-checking. His visual guy doing the fact-checking and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mill. What's up, bro? Dude. <laughs> it's finally good to be on. It's finally good to be on. Yeah. Um, you know, for people who don't know, um, and they should, hmm. Mill is a man of many talents. No. Seriously. I mean, uh, you know, uh, one thing, though, he's he's pretty pretty prominent about right now is the release of his latest album. Yeah. Come and take. How do you say that in Greek? Molon lave. Molon lave. All right. <laughs> And it's basically the band Private Government. And it's one of the coolest uh, projects to come out uh, of the regional metal scene, I think. And uh, for people who don't know, I was on the first album. So uh, yeah. I, I sang a couple of tracks on that one. You did. Not too shabby, I think. Uh, but yeah, man, how is, uh, you know, how is the reception for the new album? And I know you've, you've just launched it a few, a couple of months ago. August 12th. August 12th. And, yeah. uh, you know, here we are sitting two months later from the release of the album. Obviously, this took you about, what, uh, ten, five years? Eight. Eight, eight years? nine years. Eight years for you to yeah. put together. Yeah. We started right after we put out the, the first one in 2009. So it's nine years. Nine years. Damn, uh, man. That's yeah. Well, I mean, you weren't just sitting on it for nine years, right? You had a lot of other projects and a lot of bands to produce and so on. So yep. people also should know that Milton is a producer uh, in the UAE and has produced many bands around the world. Um, He's also a sound engineer. So uh, if you hear bands like Juliana Down, uh, you know, the times. Yeah, they they have some really good sound uh, sounding albums. And, you know, that's thanks to Mill. Uh, so yeah, going back, circling back to private government. Uh, great, great record. Congratulations on the record. It's Thank awesome. Um, and I'm not just saying this because you know I know you, but also it was a, such a good uh, metal album that you put out there. And, and you know, you and I, we share a lot of um, a lot of uh, similarities in terms of our taste in music. music so yeah. we could delve into that later. But so going back to that, how was the reception to the album uh, since you've launched it? So far, it's been good. Uh, I have to say, I was uh, I was a little nervous when we released. I don't, I don't generally get nervous, but right? With this project, I think because it took so long, and uh, you know, Joe and I we sat for hours, like revisiting riffs to make sure it didn't sound like every other metal record out there. That was that was the hardest part. Cool, you know, uh, the the reception's been really good so far. I was uh, with some friends yesterday as well uh, at a birthday party. They all love the album, right. so they say. You know, I'm pretty sure they're being authentic, but they, yeah. you know, they say. <laughs> Friends you know, can be a little it's nice. Been, yeah, no, but it's it's generally been a really good uh, good reception. We've had a few good reviews as well. Um, yeah, and even from the non from the non metal community, we're getting uh, good feedback because our um, our aim was not to make it a commercial record, but it was to make it appeal to non metal fans, right? 
you know, yeah. with regards to, say, the mix. Because at the end of the day, the mix is what entices somebody to have a, a good listen. If it's a very noisy-sounding record, mm. it hurts the ears. Nobody wants to listen to it. Right. So yeah. that took a lot of time. And that's, uh, you know, that's in part thanks to uh, Soundstruck. Elvis, he did a really good job in the mastering. Mm. All right. So, so, yeah, reception's been really good, man. I'm, uh, I, 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 saw, I saw this really cool video um, of the... Uh, It was a reaction video. Yeah, uh, that sorry. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really cool. Like I I watched that all the way through. Uh, they were they were reviewing which song? Um, Thermite. Thermite. Yeah, which is a great song. Yes, um, that's, that's Joe's baby. That's Joe Akawi, of course. I've yeah. been on the podcast a few times before. Um, yeah, Joe, I know he he co-wrote that song yeah. um, along with yourself, and it featured Nadim Bibi, who yeah. is the uh, vocalist the of Aneurysm. and he wrote the lyrics as well. Right. Um, yeah, they analyzed that track pretty well. It was a really good reaction yeah, to start cool. with. Uh, you know, thanks to Khaled, he knows them. Right. Um, I knew that there was a reaction video coming out. That was what I heard from Joe. I had no idea it was going to be like that. Right. Uh, and I didn't real. I did not think that they would react the way they did. Very cool. It was very cool. It was. It's. It's nice. You know, when your work is appreciated after all these years, you put on. You put down all this effort and uh, you know time. Right. Time is the biggest uh, factor, and it pays off when people appreciate what you do. So. So their reaction and. The way they uh, they analyzed the track, they were spot on. Right. I give it to them. That, yeah. that was what they said was exactly what the track is about, and the way they analyze Nadim's lyrics because he's very. Um, there's there's a weird kind of poetry to the way he writes lyrics. If mm. you've, if you've read the lyrics, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, so sitting and analyzing it, you can interpret it in many ways, but usually he means one thing. Mm. And it's usually hard for people to find that one real meaning behind it, and they nailed it. You know. So you, it, it took you. It took you. You said nine years to put it together. And I remember <clears throat> I used to come over to your place, um, to your home studio, when yeah. when you were in the early, um, or the early process, early on in the process. And I remember hearing some riffs and so on. And this this goes back to five, six years ago. So, you know, what was the writing process like for you? And um, And is it? Are you a perfectionist to a point where you couldn't put out anything that you're 100% comfortable with, or is it just life took its course and it delayed the record? And so, how do you? How do you? How was that writing process for you? Life took its course. Mm. Okay, it's uh, when putting out records is not your primary objective, and you have other plans. Right, it gets in the way. So there was the back and forth. That's one thing. The second thing was uh, making sure that you could find the right people to take part in a record that you want to put out there that people would really appreciate. And that means finding the right musicians for the right for the ideas you have for set track. Mm. You know, uh, with regards to the writing process of the songs, usually it starts with a beat in my head. You know, it's not even necessarily a riff. I tried to take a different approach this time. Instead of writing riffs and then creating the beat for it, I start with a beat in my head, lay out the beat, and then write riffs to that beat. Interesting. Yeah. Very, uh, I would never have thought that's how a yeah, song no. it, came into a lot fruition. Of the, yeah, a lot of the songs came uh, came out that way. Mm. Uh, and I thought, I thought that that would make it a more unique approach in the sense the outcome would be different because I'm not relying on the riffs per se right relying on the drum beat because the, the the drums are the backbone yeah you you're a very beat driven guy i remember when we were um recording the first uh, private government record yeah. back in damn it was like what 2008 was it two, was it that long ago we started 2005 damn yeah. dude <laughs> i feel old um and i remember i used to sit in that vocal booth so for people who don't know i i sang a couple of songs i used to do some vocal work you know sometimes uh, you know, i thought i was a (laughs) you have a good voice for it i thought so too i thought so too uh but i remember you were uh you know you were tough in the studio man uh i remember sitting there in that vocal booth for hours and there were no ac in that room and i would just sit there (laughs) and i was like all right okay let's do this 
<clears throat> the green eyed monster. Well, that's not the song, but whatever. That's yeah. one of your songs. Uh, and I'm singing that song, and you're like, okay, that was good, but I'm pretty sure you could do better. I'm like, no, no, I, that's all I could do. <laughs> you know? yep. So yeah, no, I remember, and and you would you would put me on the timer, like yeah, that. That was uh, melodically good, but I need you to do that again. Why, Mill? Why about an hour doing the same freaking line, bro? <laughs> Just, Just count it in your head. It's easy. One, two, three, four. Well, one, you know, two. To be fair, to be fair, every every vocal artist that has come into that studio to record vocals for their album has gone through the same strain, uh, gone through the same stress with. Me. Right. Am I the most stressful vocalist you ever worked with? No. Be be honest right now. Just uh, be honest. No, you're. Give it to me, Mil. You're all right. You're all right. No, you're you're good. You're good. Uh, Dude, I remember spending an hour on a line. What? Two, three hours on a line. Yeah. And I remember your face being visibly frustrated. Like, well, no. it has to, at the end of the day, it has to do with how comfortable you are with what you're doing, right? Right. You know. Right. At the end of the day, I was giving you lyrics to work on. Right. You, know, you didn't write those lyrics, so you didn't hear it from true, within true. before. Yeah. So it becomes harder that way. If you've written the lyrics, you know, and you sing it in your head and you practice it, it's so much easier. Right. But then again, with a lot of artists, when they hear themselves in headphones, it's a complete distraction. When I'm recording vocals, me too. I drop my feed. Right. Very low. Yeah. Very low. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, got, I sing with the vibrations in my head, not with what I hear. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I used to, uh, yeah, I remember I used to face that. And, and also, like, growling was, was an interesting thing for me. Yep. You know, just like sort of, <laughs> that was a tough thing. And it's like looking back at it now, it's it was, it was a lot of fun though. Like recording in a studio and just like spending really long hours and and the Hardys coming to your house and we just sit there, take a break, yeah. have the Hardys go back to that same old line and sing that line over and over and over again. So yeah, yeah I remember that. Good times, man. I, I don't know if you faced the same thing with a new record though. I did. Okay. I did. Okay. Yeah, with yeah, vocalists? Yeah. With no, the okay, the, cool. The, <laughs> so, so just with me. myself, with right. the vocal tracks that I performed, right, right. I recorded multiple, multiple takes until mm -hmm. I got. I felt comfortable with what I was putting down. You know, with the other artists, you know, they're they're seasoned um, in their talents. You know, so they know what they're doing. Serge is really good at growling. Like right. he's got, he's he doesn't have the uh, just that um, that that depth, but it's the enunciation as well. Right, a lot. Like, I don't know if you've listened to Tainted with Blood enough. I have. Uh, well, generally, you can make out what he's saying. It's clear, right. you know. Uh, Nadim, fantastic vocalist, especially when it's what's when it's in his key. You know, right. this album is in drop C. Mm -hmm. You know, so he was far. So, more for people who don't know, drop C is a guitar tuning. Yeah, yeah, it's just... a lower tuning, which basically he didn't have to go so high up like mariah carey to hit those high notes right but he does pretty you know? he, he, he does really high, good yeah. but it's strenuous like i know him as a vocalist it's strenuous on his vocals right so when it's lower it's much easier you know so he was able to shine in everything he did on the record mm. you know joe cow is a fantastic guitarist like, he's one of the most underrated guitarists you know mm. uh and easy to work with puts it down if he doesn't like it he does it again you know, same thing with Rami. Rami Likas, he performed bass on five of the tracks, you know, and you've seen him play. Right. You know, he's a proper musician. Yeah, he's a beast, man. He's a beast. Sure. Yeah, you yeah. know, he's got a pinky, the length of his middle finger. You know, that's that's the kind of bassist he is. It's just He's definitely one of the most uh, impressive bass players I've ever seen play. Like, and I'm talking internationally. The guy is a wizard. He's amazing. His fingers... He, he's one of the influences with the way the, the, the bass is uh, structured in the album. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I first, uh, you know, I was blown away by the way the first aneurysm uh, record sounded purely because of his bass playing. Mm. Uh, and you know what he's doing for it. Do you know what's interesting, though? I mean, you look at... Uh, for me, when I listen to albums, vocals are very important. Yep. And it's interesting that for you, you took very different approaches with vocals. So like one song would have a really melodic sort of line. The next one would be actually hip hop oriented. And then there's another one that's growling. The hip hop yeah. one is the Luki, uh, featuring Luki from uh, Recipe. It's a very thrash type track right. with, with a rapper on it. Right, exactly. You know? So, But it's very interesting that you chose different vocalists and different vocal styles. 
uh, throughout the album, which makes it feel like a compilation in terms of like the compilation of like the best of vocalists, you know, rather than choosing one guy to stick with throughout the album. So an example in my mind, for example, so I would look at Slash, mm-hmm. uh, Slash and the Conspirators, his his solo band. The first album he released was the Approach of Private Government, which is um, you know five, six different, or actually twelve different vocalists. The approach of what? What did I say? Private government. Yeah, the approach of your your approach basically, which oh, is okay, which fine. is uh, sometimes I, I I speak faster than I think, so that's why I, I need a <laughs> I need I need verification. What did I say? Did I say something stupid? Um, but yeah, so twelve tracks, twelve different vocalists. Yeah. But then he stuck to Miles Kennedy, and Miles Kennedy sort of became the voice of Slash's albums. Hmm. So like the two albums that followed, or the three albums that followed, just had Miles Kennedy on them. But for you, you continued with the approach of different vocalists rather than sticking to one vocalist to be the sort of like the connection between you, the, your audience and your album. Because the idea of this album was to highlight the various talent we have here and mm. the versatility of the of these talents. Right. Um, you okay. So you've got Hamdan Al Abri on Exodus. You know, it's a very small part. It's but, very small. I would have liked more. It's it's but he's the sweet ending to a very bitter sounding song. You know, lyrically right. speaking, mm. you know, he he wrote those lyrics and he performed it. He heard the he heard the guitar uh, recording and he recorded it on the spot. He was it was literally like two three takes and he was done. Mm. You know, but when I explained to him what the theme was, you know, this is how he ended it. And it was it was actually Luki's idea, Suerte, to have uh, Hamdan on the uh, record. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's cool, man. The guy has an amazing, sweet voice. The guy is fantastic. And uh, with Luki, um, you know, the recipe are, uh, they're pretty popular over here, Mm. I would think. uh, Shout out to the recipe. I had them on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been working with them for years. I work on most of their, uh, most of their stuff, you know, as an engineer anyway. Um, And with Luki, I want. I wanted to do a metal track that mm. was thrash, but had rap vocals in it. Right. Yeah. You know. Uh, so think. Uh, think Ice T. Yeah. <laughs> I just think Limp Bizkit. <laughs> Ice T. Limp Bizkit style. And when he did that, uh, that uh, Slayer, uh, Raining Blood, Rain, uh, Raining Blood. Ice T on Raining Blood. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah you know. Bum bum bum. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did a cover. I don't know if you ever. I don't know if you ever heard it. He, I've never they, heard. They no, did a, that sounds like an abomination. It was a pretty kick. No, it was a pretty kick-ass <laughs> cover. I gotta tell you, you gotta YouTube that. Okay, it was All a right. really good. See, cover. if that screen was working, we would have like asked uh, Hind to have <laughs> to put up that. In, uh, in fact, that YouTube recording video. sounded so much better than Slayer's. Really? Oh yeah. Dude. Well, I gotta be honest though. I'm not a big Slayer fan. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like Kerry King plays the same exact guitar solo on every single. Like, let's take a you know, if we could do like an exercise and take any Slayer song and put it next to like let's say one a Slayer song from '84, a Slayer song from 2010, and just compare them, you probably would sound the same. You sound the same, Kerry. You haven't <laughs> changed. That's just every <laughs> oh, Gary King guitar solo. Anyway, I digress. Where were we? <laughs> oh yeah, Ice T. That's right, yeah. Ice T. I love so, Ice T. Yeah. So drink, having Luki having Luki on the record was uh, was really important because there's a there is a community for hip hop over here, right? And the idea of meshing thrash metal, you know, with a, a type of if you know the lyrics, the lyrics is based on uh, Thor versus Hulk, mm. you know. But the way the lyrics are written, it can be interpreted in more uh, uh, theological ways, right? You know, is uh, that the layer of Hella? That's layer of Hella. Yeah, that's a, that's a badass song. It's a really yeah. good song. Yeah. So you know, Luki's uh, the shining star on that track. Because yeah, Luki, he got he has these vocals. You yeah, know? and he knows how to deliver. Uh, when to deliver? Uh, yeah, yeah. Luki, uh, Luki from the recipe. Check out the recipe. They're an amazing, amazing hip hop outfit. Veterans. Um, yeah, Luki's vocals are awesome. Very, very unique, yep. and it works really well in hip hop and in metal. Yep, which is very, very interesting. He has. He, he he's with a, another metal band now. The, um, well, more new metal, I would say. GDE. Okay. You know, they're all Filipino. GED. 
GDE, I think. It is. <laughs> yeah, GDE. <laughs> okay. This is they're, interesting. No, they're very good. They're okay. very, very good, you know. They play a lot of live shows, you know. He plays, and he doesn't, he, he does backing vocals mainly, and I think he does some of the main vocals. Right. He's but super his, talented, man. He's more on uh, on the keys mm. you know, and synths. That's, that's what he does, and he's having a blast being in a rock band. So, uh, your inspirations. Mm. I know you and I, we share one major inspiration. Metallica. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Dude, right. I could do like I I could do these voices all day because this mic just invites me to do them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, if, if we had let's be more serious. If we had headphones on, you would enjoy it more. Yeah, we do have headphones, but no. Nah, yeah. Cable, no. It just feels very uh professional right now. Yeah. Very professional. On Dubai one. Am I doing it right? Yes. On Dubai one. Do it. <laughs> on Dubai one. Ah, on Dubai One. <laughs> Dubai One has not sponsored this podcast. Uh, no, they haven't. <laughs> no. Uh, well, we, oh, yeah. So, so inspiration. Inspiration, mm. right. So, we both share the inspiration of Metallica. Mm-hmm. Was Metallica or other bands an inspiration for you when you wrote this album? And then maybe from there we can talk about metal in general. Metallica is always an inspiration. Uh, but I listen to a lot of scores as well and uh, classical music. Yeah, I-, I noticed that in your writing for the intro for the album. Yeah. Dude, very, very epic. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But if you, I think you have shown you the original version of that track. Mm. You know, it didn't have all these uh, war drum sounds in there before. It was more an electronic track with guitars. Mm. Uh, I decided to make it a bit more organic this time and throw in some war drums. It's very uh, like it's it sounds huge. Yeah, it yeah. sounds huge. Yeah. It's yeah. those war drums, man. War drums they do everything. Dude. You know, it because the same track is at the end of the album. Yeah, yeah. It's only got additional strings that play a different note, you know, yeah. it gives it a different uh vibe to the first track and it doesn't have the war drums. But it's exactly the same track. You know what? I've seen you work <clears throat> a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've actually been behind the scenes, you know, when you're sort of producing something or when you're just showing me a new track you know i come over you like there's a new track i want you to listen to and i see the level of detail that you sort of exhibit when you're working and i see the amount of you look at those tracks and those bars on your screen and you see a glitch and you just stop everything and you fix it and you continue with the track so i think that makes me appreciate the amount of dedication the amount of you know the passion that you put behind this project or any project that you work on and which makes this album sweeter for me. And I think if people know the amount of dedication and, and, and blood, sweat, and tears. Oh, did you hear that? That's a, that's a fridge that came on. So we don't, have, we don't have ACs in here, but we have a fridge. Thank you, Enrami. Uh, <laughs> I love Enrami, though, for giving us this room. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just saying if people know the amount of blood, sweat, and tears you put behind your, your projects, then I think they will appreciate this album way more. It's it's really easy for non-musicians uh, and just just the average listener who has generally no interest in the way music is produced mm. to take music for granted and its creativity. Right. Uh, it's easy for people to criticize a track that you know may not suit their taste, uh, but they don't know what went behind that creation. You know. So I find it hard, unless you have a, a generally talent, uh, generally uh, good musical ear, uh, to appreciate when somebody who has no musical background or no knowledge of the greats of music or any knowledge of even classical music, because you know there's so much effort, especially with classical music. You know what it takes to write a classical piece. Mm. It's insane. I'm sure. Man. Like I cannot imagine doing something like that. You're talking about writing sections for strings, writing sections for the horns. You know when each instru- when each section comes in, the timpani, the xylophone. You know, like this is hard work. So when you know average, not average. I won't say average, but when normal people who have no creative background criticize it, it's really hard to um, accept. You know. I'm because sure. it's like me criticizing you for something you are good at that I have no idea about, mm. you know. And uh, for for this record, yeah, it took a lot of work. Like, um, how many times I almost 
just drop the project, I can't count. Right, yeah. Because of the frustrations that come with writing uh, an album. And it's not just a song. It's not a single like the way people do it nowadays. They, put it, they record a single, finalize it, and put it online for everybody. Yay, oh my God, it's fantastic. Whatever. No, it's a full album. Mm. You know, this is something more of the past now. Like, as time progresses, people are just putting out singles because an album takes a lot of work. Uh, all the work that went into this album was reviewed uh, with full detail. Mm. You know, from every note to every performance, like detail. Like yeah. m- you might say unnecessary detail because music's about expressing yourself and whatever and all that, you know? <laughs> I think but, it's different uh, approaches. It's, yeah, it's, it's... Some people like raw sounding, yeah. sort of acoustic, chilled out, indie sounding albums. And some people appreciate the type of stuff you do, which is... Just going in there and be very sort of meticulous about how you write your music. I think they're both acceptable and and they both have their joys. 100%. 100%. I agree with you. But I don't know. For me, it's a perfectionist thing. Right. And, and still, like for me, the album is still not perfect. Mm, you know, really? I would have, let's say on the mix stage, I would have done things maybe a little bit different. Really? Interesting. Although everybody loves it, you know, but I'm my own worst critic. Well, I, I, I think uh, I remember, <laughs> I think it was a James Hetfield quote. He's like, uh, you can't polish your song a bit, a way, t- way too much. Um, otherwise, it'll become a over-polished piece of shit. It's <laughs> 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 a very deep quote <laughs> from James Hetfield. <laughs> I remember I was like, I think I was like 17 <laughs> or something, or maybe a bit younger when I saw him say that. Like, he's sitting there talking about Reload. You can't... Uh, you can't overpolish your song, man. It's otherwise it becomes an overpolished piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah, that's very profound. Well, it stuck with me for twenty years. So there you go. No, he's right. You know, he's right. So, you know, you'll have parts in in the writing process that are not, you know, right on time necessarily. You try right. to keep it raw and organic, like say tom rolls. Right. Everybody screws up on a tom roll. You'll never get that perfect sixteen. You know, unless so, you're uh, Portnoy, you know, unless you're Portnoy, <laughs> but uh, Dream Theater drummer, yeah, ex Dream Theater drummer, yeah. So yeah, no, I think I think if I recorded the amount of time spent on this album mm-hmm. and what I did and what we all did, you know, they would they would see how much work goes into it. So always try to buy your whatever you're listening to, you right. know. Because they put so much time and effort into it. True. It's, it's it's not just, okay, you got your average bedroom producer, you know, that puts a, together a beat. You can buy beats and just put it in there. And Shout out to bedroom producers out you know? there. But, you know, you have other producers who do work from their bedroom, you know, that put in serious time and effort. Yeah. Know? Especially when they have, they come from a professional background. You know, I'm a professional sound engineer. This is my designation. I, this is what I, what I studied in college. Yeah, so it's different for me. Well, okay, so let's talk. Let's talk metal. Let's talk rock. You know, you're, you're one of the yeah. uh, few guests that I get here that actually share my love and passion for rock and roll and heavy metal. I just love this microphone so much right now. <laughs> uh, it's time for you to buy one. <laughs> I need to get one, man. Unless Anrami would have me here indefinitely. Like, they're working behind me, and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm just, uh, just recording an episode of Basil Meets. Uh, uh, don't know, mind I me. Th- I think if they do a little more treatment in this room, it would be uh, more usable. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, though. Like, it's, it looks like, I mean, I know Hind does not like the aesthetics of the room. But, uh, yeah, for me, I can't complain. <laughs> you know? This is the, By the way, this is the first episode out of the 36 that we, we record. This bloody thing over here. We, we have this console. Behind you. They're purple behind yeah, you, though. Or change the angle. Yeah. I don't want them to. Uh, yeah. I think I hate this space. Just, just change the <laughs> <end>. <laughs> I hate this space. I'm just going to say it. We don't hate this space. We actually love this space. <laughs> And it's free, so there's that too. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Anyway, so uh, going back to yeah, so metal, rock, and so on. So, mm. like we said, there's a lot of influences on your album. It's 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 there. It's visible. But let's talk metal. Let's talk rock. So you are a Metallica fan through and through. I think that's the band that propelled you into the world of rock and roll and heavy metal. Is that yeah. fair to say? It was Ride the Lightning, uh, Creeping Death. Okay, Creeping and Death. Well, yeah. That was your first that Metallica. Was the first Metallica experience. Really? All right. Yeah. 
Uh, I was in Cyprus. I used to listen to a lot of pop then, Backstreet Boys, as you know. I'm mm-hmm. a fan. Yo, yo, I'm yeah. I'm not afraid to say it. Are you, I, I saw you they at your are, wedding, they man. They are pioneers, okay? At your yeah. wedding, you were busting the move to Backstreet Boys. I saw that. Was it Backstreet Boys? It was. Well, there, was there was Michael Jackson. No, there was, was Backstreet Boys. Jackson, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good night. That <laughs> was a good uh, night, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, was, uh, I used to listen to pop, a lot of pop. And I had a neighbor who is a dear friend of mine now who used to blast Metallica. He had, I think he had something like three hi-fi systems in his room, uh-huh. okay? All of them connected to one source so that when he hit play, 30 speakers or so played. Right. He woke up the entire freaking neighborhood, you know, <laughs> at 8 in the morning in a place like Cyprus, okay? Right. Cyprus is like the most chill-out place on the planet. People sleep, <laughs> right? right? And especially on a weekend, it's just like... Can you imagine that? 30 speakers? Something like It was something like that. It was... Anyway, so I used to get really annoyed, you know, and uh, eventually we met at the uh, at the basketball court and we started playing basketball. It's a whole neighborhood of, uh, neighborhood of kids. And we eventually you know, got talking and we went to his house and, you know, he started playing it. I'm like, who is this band? You guys, you keep playing this every freaking morning, you know. He's Metallica, eh? He's Metallica, he's the best band in the world. <laughs> I'm like, who's Metallica? You know, that's a Cypriot accent. If yeah, it's a good accent. You know? I'm like, so he, he starts playing Creeping Death. He's like, listen to this song. You will not change your taste after this song. You know, I'm, I'm listening to Creeping Death, you know, and I'm reading the lyrics. I got blown away, you know, that it's everything good. that I, I think about, these guys were singing about. Right. You know, you know it's like, it's always usually depressing stuff. You know, right. You know, you know, the drug abuse, war, yeah. uh, you know, differences in opinion and, uh, you know, these are all these things that exist, you know, every, these are things that I think about regularly mm. from then until now. I still like, so, yeah, you know, that's the subject matter that attracted you to yeah, metal and rock and roll. Yeah, because these are serious matters that right. people don't take seriously anymore, mm. you know, and uh, yeah. Yeah. The fact that I could listen to music that, that, uh, expressed my thoughts mm-hmm. and not and didn't have to be music that was about you know falling in love every time right you know i hear was, you that was a major change yeah you know that was a, that was a, that, that was a turning point in music in my life for this me. was which year i was 14 so you were this was 96 sorry 96 96 okay yeah, yeah this seems about the, the, the same time i got into metal yeah. and rock so I think my my gateway into Metallica was King Nothing. Uh, well, uh, King Nothing was the first sort of. Um, so you listened to the later stuff before the old. Yeah, stuff. but but I mean I think it was the memory memory remains on Reload that really propelled yeah. me into that world. Um, but yeah, so if we look at like old stuff, like you're saying, Creeping Death, and then they just sort of two years ago released uh, Hardwired to Self Destruct. Um, you know, you look at these two albums, and as a musician, and you look at these two albums, like. Ride lightning and hardwired. How do you do? Do you feel like you're you're angry? You're happy? You're like how do you feel about Metallica right now when you see their evolution in music? You know, it's a very it's a very controversial band. You know what I mean? It's a it's a polarizing band. You know what? To all the haters out there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they made it. Right. You can say anything you want about their music. They started off as pure thrash pioneers and thrash for the first four albums. You know. It all turned around when Bob Rock got into the picture. You, you got. Have you noticed something? First four albums, okay? You right. got Kill 'Em All. You got Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, Justice for All. Mm-hmm. Do you really feel any groove from Lars? Yeah. Groove. It was it was Rasmussen who was producing them. Those yeah. four albums. Do you feel any groove? It no. felt more like thrash. Yeah. yeah. Less groove, more thrash. Come Black, Load, Reload. What else was there? Um, Reload. Garage Inc. There's Garage Inc. and then there's Saint Anger. Full of groove. Right. There's more groove. All of Lars' parts was full of groove. Right. You know? They went through a change. Now they're going more back to the roots. Mm. You know? People can say anything they want about Metallica. You know? Lars sucks. You know? Their music's boring. You know? It's all the same thing. It's always not all the same thing. I don't see it as all the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know? They made it. You know? Yeah. Uh, And they made it with that controversial Black album. You know, because it's a really good album. Right. You know, it might not be thrash. It's, it's interesting, though. Like, you're talking about Bob Rock and um, 
you know, he produced the Black Album and then he stayed with him up until Saint Anger. Um, I, I don't necessarily mind that era. You know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of, as a Metallica fan, I think that's a, that's, I mean, that's a different era and that's when I got into Metallica. But, um, but I don't mind that era. I mean, Bob Rock really did good things for Metallica. I mean, uh, the Black Album sounded amazing. Uh, Hetfield sounded crisp and awesome on that album. The groove of Lars sounded really good. You know, so it he was put them on the global on the, on the global sphere of uh, music, right? Sonically as well. I mean, yep. he really upped their Those game. Those are great sounding albums for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, with exception to Saint Anger, I still can't chew. I, th- I feel and like that was that. an. Ex- I feel like that was an experiment after trying to come back from all the chaos they underwent. Right. You know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, it, was, it sounded like an experiment. It doesn't sound finished. Snare, the snare drum sounds like a bucket of shit. And right, <laughs> like you know, like it was. It was necessary for their survival. Yeah, you know, it, it was one way. of those that you had to undergo. Hardwired, mm, great album. I feel like Hardwired is a very polished version of their older stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and even when they played live, like when you watch YouTube videos of them performing live, and the mix is good. You know, it's. If you put the old guitar tones in there, and I'm sure you've seen some of those YouTube videos where they put the old guitar sounds and the old drum sounds and play oh, yeah, yeah. hardwired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. You see how it would fit. Very cool. So they've got their old they've got their old feel back with right. the new sound. You know, and lyrically it's very nice as well. It's a very good album. It's a, it, I mean, and, look, the, the, what I like about so let's look at Metallica's era two thousand onwards, which is um which is Saint Anger. Death Magnetic and uh, Hardwired. Mm. So I wasn't very happy with both Saint Anger and Death Magnetic. I mean, Death Magnetic was, you know, they, they said Rick, Rick Rubin was coming on board and he was going to help them uh, bringing the bringing it back. <laughs> Just the album, the production of the album didn't sound good. Most overrated producer of all time. Pretty overrated. I'm Most not gonna overrated lie. Overrated producer of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Look, he's he's known to bring back that spark from the bands, bring back their old glory and so on. But it was too much focusing yeah, on the old what? glory. It's like you're coming to me and you're saying this car doesn't start. Can you start the car for me? Yes, that's yeah. what he did. He started the car. That is all he is. <laughs> right. He he you hot know? wired. Uh, he, he got a new battery some, in, yeah, the, yeah. in the system. You know? No, but you know, for me, it's <laughs> it's just looking at you 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 made them think so much about their old days that you made them neglect some of the good parts in the 90s. And that's what I loved about Hardwired. Hardwired does not neglect any Metallica era. It brings the loads, it brings the early stuff, and it mashes them together in an incredible way. You know, there's a lot of good vocal melody in there. There's a lot of good breakdowns. There's a lot of good fast songs. Like Spit Out the Bone is one of the greatest Metallica songs ever written. Um, I love Moth Into the Flame or Moth Into Flame. So I like that they brought both worlds together. But uh, but that's that was my problem with Death Magnetic. Like mm. they they sort of like completely ignored the '90s and just wanted to go into the '80s and recreate the '80s feel. And that's something that maybe I didn't sit too well with me. Yeah, no, I hear you on that one. Yeah, it wasn't my uh, my favorite new release. Right. Uh, well, I think we heard I, it together. Remember? We did. We did. Do you remember that I day? Got, I got the first two copies before we went to stores. Yeah, we were in your car. Do you remember that? Yeah. We. With one song, we played together. One song together. We were in your car. Judas, Judas, Judas Kiss. Kiss. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> Holy shit, that was back in. That two, was that was a good track. Yeah, that was, that was a good track. A good riff as well. Um, but uh, it's it's exactly like you said. Uh, something was missing from that album, mm. from the writing process. Uh, that didn't particularly gel with me. I don't I don't usually listen to Death Magnetic right uh, anymore. Right. Um, but you know, the band's been through their ups and downs in their lives, and uh, I think they found their, uh, you know, their footing again. Mm. You know, with writing music, because you get used to. There's so many bands out there, you know, that write really good music now. You know, right. and you're talking extremely technical stuff. You know, uh, stuff that touches the soul. Right. You know? With Metallica, it's a little more simple. Yeah, and more yeah. about attitude, though. Well, yeah, Metallica exactly. brings out the it's, attitude it's in their music. It's all about attitude. You mm. know, spit out the bone makes you want to break stuff. You right, know? yeah. You know, like literally. And it's, I don't know, man. Like every band's got their appeal. Dream Theater's a very technical band. I could never really get into them, but I like them. Mm. You know? I will listen They're to good, them yeah. A while, but... They're all right. They're okay. They're okay. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Dude, uh, I just, 
we have to we have to get into this. You are a voiceover genius, right? <laughs> You're the man behind the voice. So, <laughs> and and you know, we we send each other a lot of voice notes. Yeah, you know, I know. Um, it's always fun. Yeah, we we uh, we we do that. And and I, I if I have a new impression, I sort of like send it to you first mm. and try to try to assess if it's good. You know what I like we, when you do an impression of me doing an impression of Al Pacino. Who uh <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's try to do a, a an Al, Al Pacino impression. No, no, you do an Al, you do an impression of me doing an impression of Al Pacino. Ha! This is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> you know, he, he tries to mimic my face. Milton, <laughs> you uh, you coming here on the podcast? <laughs> you're coming here on the podcast, and you uh, you're talking about Metallica. You think Metallica's a good band? Yeah. Ooh, uh. Yeah, I think they do. They are. You know, they spend all their lives, all their lives, on Metallica. You're wasting your time, Mel. Dream Theater is clearly a better band. <laughs> Whatever you say, Bob. <laughs> dude, what was that? What was that heat one you do? Oh, uh, you want me to do it here? Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> what were the lines? Oh, man. I'd have to get mixed up with that bitch because she got a great ass. <laughs> and you got your head all the way up it. Ferocious, aren't I? <laughs> Yeah, that's Al Pacino. Have you watched Heat? <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. Heat is a great that's movie, a man. Movie. I I love Heat, man. That was yeah, one yeah. of the best. That was one of the best, like gangster. It's very, it's very intense. Yeah, that's super cool. Is. Especially the uh, the dynamic between, you know, yeah, Robert De Niro. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> between Robert De Niro and uh, Al Pacino, you know, the dynamic between them two. <laughs> You're good, you. You, <laughs> you're good. Yeah, you're good at uh, doing those uh, impressions. Mm. Uh, I, I can't do. I could no. just do like a like a cheap Italian uh, mobster accent. <laughs> yeah, you, Emilt. How you doing? Huh? You, you're doing some impressions on my show on the Basil Me show. Uh, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty shit show. You know, it's a shit show if you know what I mean. <laughs> God, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you do a really good Barack, though. I gotta uh, give that to you. He Mil- does a really good Barack Obama uh, impression. Uh, if you've never heard it, I uh, don't. Uh, yeah, Barack is always like he's always like he, he can't do like a straight sentence. Uh, Mel, uh, let me be clear. <laughs> hey, Mel, uh, well, let me be clear. The uh, the private government album. It's, it's, it's a pretty good album, uh, but uh, it's it's not better than uh, the, some of the Metallica albums that are coming out l- later in life. Now, let me be clear. <laughs> he always says that. Right? <laughs> let me be clear. Let me be clear. That <laughs> uh, is funny. I'd like to meet him one day and just do that impression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me be clear. No, let me be clear. <laughs> no, let me be clear. What, what do you want to be clear about? <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry. Okay, you know, you're 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 definitely the voiceover guy, not not me. But I just no, think no, these you, microphones, man, they're they really man. They're very inviting. <laughs> no, honestly. Yeah. Know, so what? Oh, you do a really good uh, Chris Walken. You do a really Chris Walken. You know that happened by accident. <laughs> Did it? Okay. Because <laughs> that kind of came out as Chris Walken. <laughs> well, I was one day. I woke up. I was asleep, and then I woke up, <laughs> and suddenly I could do it. You know, I have a friend. He's in Canada. He tried to do it for years. And a he great never place. Succeeded. You know, and I thought, what's the big deal? You're trying to do an actor who's got the face, but not the name. You know, I didn't know who he was. And one day, I kid you not, I was asleep. I woke up. And I could do it. <laughs> and I could do it. <laughs> and the first thing I did was call this guy. His name is Abraham. He lives in Toronto good place canada yeah sorry no <laughs> hey what's wrong with toronto what's a good place i don't know why i'm italian what's going on here he couldn't he couldn't believe it he said i spent years trying to do this how did i how did i move from christopher walker to al pacino i have no idea you know anyway i spent years trying to do this accent i couldn't and you wake up one morning and you can 
what the fuck? <laughs> you know? I woke up in the morning and I was like, uh, that, that's, that's no way Christopher You know, Walken. there's a lot of impressionists who do a good job, but the problem with the Christopher Walken impression is uh, the way you deliver his lines. Right. He's, he's, he's you know, got a face. He's very calm. You know, he's, he's got a deadpan look. He'll look at you straight in the eyes and you don't know if he's trying to tear your soul apart. You know? <laughs> But everybody else, you know, when they do it, they kind of do this and they start moving around. And it's like, that's not what he does. That's what I you do. imagine if he wakes up in the morning and says, good morning, <laughs> I'm going to make some chicken. You know, Mill, I am trying to do a Christopher Walken impression. He's, <laughs> that's really bad. He's very, <laughs> sometimes I think that's what Kevin Pollack sounds like when he does it. You know, he's yeah. a good impressionist, but it's not that great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I tried to do a Trump one as well, but it's, I'm not getting it. Like, I'm trying to do a good Donald Trump impression. But then I think it comes out as you like know, Chris Colbert. I, I, uh, I yeah, mean, yeah you, you're doing an impression of somebody doing an impression of Right, Trump. like Stephen Colbert. I think that's yeah, how he does it. Yeah, it's, it's not great. But. No, there's a... I don't know. It's his accent. Okay, yeah. that's one thing. Because he's, he's still got that New York accent in there. He does, you yeah. Know? It's, and there's a mix. And it's not so nasal like the way people are doing it. Yeah. Certain Trump, words. Trump is funny in how he delivers his speeches, right? He's very, uh, like, he, he throw, he's, he's very entertaining, you know yep. what I mean? And, and sometimes he would be saying something you completely disagree with, but you're like, that, that, was, that was good. That was funny. <laughs> you, know, that was, you know, he could have said something that's really, like, against your moral Ooh, compass. Ooh, burn. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you're like, ooh, <laughs> did you just say that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very funny. It's, it's very weird. Like uh, Joe Rogan keeps saying, we live in strange times. <laughs> you know, we do. We um, do. What, what other impressions do you like? Feel like you're you could get down? Well, you know, I've been doing the Schwarzenegger impression for a long time. Christopher Walken for a long time. Right. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. I can do some. Uh, you know, John Lovitz. Yeah, yeah, you're good at that one. Yeah. Oh, you do also. That also came you, by accident. You do John Lovitz and uh, Marissa Tomei, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, no, dude. John, not Joe Pesci. You're thinking of Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. No, Joe Pesci's uh, her her part in that movie. What was that movie? I can't remember the line. My sister's really good. God, at that you're line, really though. good what at it, man. That? You said the whole line? line to me once. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> You've seen the movie, My Cousin yeah. Vinny. My Cousin Vinny. Yeah. yeah, yeah Joe Pesci. Pesci. Yeah, yeah. Imagine you're at sea. That's the one. You're prancing along. You get thirsty. You spot a brook. You go to get a sip of water. <laughs> Bam! A fucking bullet rips through the part of your head. Now I ask you. Oh, man. Do you think this... Uh, what was the line? Do you think the... Uh, do you think I'd give a fuck the, the pants the kind of son of a bitch who shot me was wearing? That's, <laughs> right, that's right. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a, a good line. line. That's a great movie, it's, man. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, My Cousin Vini is a hilarious it movie. Is, it is. Hey, do I look good in these pants or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, they're so expressive, these guys. That's how they talk. <laughs> Dude, I love, um, I, do, I, I love good mobster movies. Yeah. You know, I think that Sopranos was a really good one. Like, yep. That was a really good. Well, not a movie. It was a show. It was show. a show. Yeah. You have uh, Casino. I always, I like, whenever I do, like, a mobster accent, like, I always, like, think of James Gandolfini. You know what I mean? Like, how he's doing it. Like, you know, he has, like, the heavy, the heavy breathing. What do you know? <laughs> well, it's a bit of nasal, you know. What do you think you're doing right now, huh? <laughs> you know? That's good. You're good. Rest, uh, rest, uh, God rest his soul. That was very, that was very good. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That's, that's what he does, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. But uh, you know, I never watched The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. It's more, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just a, a thing I picked up. You know, one time I went to uh, California. Huh? I go to see my brother. Yeah, yeah, your brother. You know, yeah. I thought I was from New York. I said, I'm freaking Greek. How could I be from New York? You knew I flew in. But you think I flew in from New York or something? Then he tell you I was coming from the Middle East. You know? Where all this crazy shit is happening, according to you guys. You do a great, a great Greek accent, though. I do a good Cypriot accent. Cypriot. Cypriot. Yeah. Greek Cypriot accent. You yeah. will never misunderstand a Cypriot person. Right. They're so... They, they say the words as they actually should be said. It's funny. It's because every time I hear a Greek person speak right now in English, I remember you when Greek you hear. Greek or Cypriot? Because the Greek is different to the I Cypriot. think my ears aren't trained enough to know the difference. Mm. Because the Greeks are very, very poetic when they talk. It's very smooth. Oh, the right. Cypriots, they don't give a damn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they do not give a damn. 
how they say it is how you ch- can choose to hear it. Okay? Hear it, yeah. H E A R, you know, hear. You know? <laughs> laptop. <laughs> Not laptop. You know? Laptop. laptop. Yeah. Microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Headphone. Yeah. Wallet. Can you do an Arab one? Arab one? No, yeah. I'm not very good at the Oh, Arab come one. on. Well, mm, yeah, yeah, it does as a laptop for me. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's always like shouting. Shu <laughs> Habibi. You know, there's <laughs> the Lebanese one. Yeah. yeah, there's the Lebanese one. You know, there's, uh, I, you know, the Egyptian accent. Okay. You know, it's an accent I just can't get my head around. It's very giggity gig. <laughs> right, right. I don't know how else, <laughs> how else to say. It. It's very giggity gig, you know, and it's the when uh, you have a lot of Egyptian friends, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I'm sure. You know, you yeah. hear yeah. No disrespect talk. to anyone, no, by no, the way. No, right now, it's like how, no, just... it's how they talk. You know, right. they're very fast. You know, and the last word always ends on a high note. Uh huh. So it's <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Like I gotta like, say to people, hear? Milton doesn't speak Arabic, so this is all from a. It's all it's all <laughs> what you hear from you an know? outsider's perspective. This is a guy. <laughs> Musicians, yeah, oh, yeah, oh exactly. I'm, I'm a sound right. guy at the end of the That's day, right. so these are yeah. these are little things that are there that nobody really notices unless you highlight it. That's right, you know. So with with Egyptian uh, Arabic, they have they speak very quickly, you right. know. Yeah, yeah. And it, the last word is always on a higher note. Right, you know, it's like bit of a bit of a bit of a bit. This is that's how I describe it, you know. Oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah, you're, you're never gonna hear the Egyptian accent the same way again. Yeah, now you're gonna be paying attention to I, this. I hear them when they speak English, though. It's uh, they have a very distinct, I yeah. mean, you could tell an Arab by uh, when they're speaking English, you could tell where they're from by the accent that they're that they exhibit in English, you know yep. what I mean? Like, you could tell an Egyptian is like, uh, you know. This and that and and uh, mm. that US you know. US Bay, US Bay. Uh. <laughs> They're like the French of the the Arab world with the this and that. No, oh, yeah, that's true. That's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They do have like a kind of a French thing. Yeah. Well, but that, that I, I would reserve that more for, for the, the Lebanese. for the Lebanese though. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. They yeah. have more of that. Like I, I don't know Lebanese, if I have a few Lebanese friends who have a very strong French twang. They do. They yeah, yeah. They do. Like. Oh man, where's my where's where's my Lebanese impressions at, man? It's not coming up. You're nervous. Yeah, it's like I feel like I'm caught, like I'm being caught on uh, like right now. Like you got to do it right now. Um, but you know, not all not all people who are from Lebanon speak the same way. Not all of them. Yeah, well, it depends. Flag. Yeah, their it's background, few, where they're from. You know, there's a few different for uh, sure. A few different accents. But this one, the Indian one is uh, it's clear, no? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Indian one? It is clear, no? No, you have north, you have south. So yeah, you have people from Kerala or uh, Bangalore or places like this where you know Tamil and uh, Malayalam is more <laughs> right. the the regional uh, dial the uh, language because right. it's a different language altogether. Actually, when they talk, it's very you know. But the north, the northern Indians, <laughs> but he, the northern so, Indians so have good. a more British. Uh, thing to them when they even when they even when they speak Hindi, it's very classy sounding. I'm not <laughs> right. to say that you know Malayalam doesn't sound classy. Sorry, it's just no offense to anyone. Just, by the way, blanket no offense. Such a, no, they shouldn't. They shouldn't be offended. That's just how it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. That's how they talk. You know, and right. it's fine. For me, it's a fascinating language, Malayalam. Right. You right. know, I used to work with Keralites. You know, uh-huh. and just hearing them talk, it's just you know, it's like a submachine gun. You know. <laughs> It is no a joke. Social. It's so fast, and, and you're trying to you're trying to make out which are the words in there. Like what what constitute what constitutes a word right, in yeah. that sentence, you know? And then they'll explain it to me. Oh shit! Or this one word is uh, you know, <laughs> it's hard. It's a hard language. Yeah. Uh, Northern Indians have a more polished accent. You know, they speak Hindi. You know, and when they when they speak Hindi, there's a certain aristocratic feel to it, if that's the word to use. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why. It's just very. Posh, you know, right, yeah. you know. So, when when a northern Indian is talking, you know, <laughs> that's so it's true. More clear, you know. It's more clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Kind of, he sounds like a CEO mm. of a very big uh, bank. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, God, I don't know. This is. I feel like this is going the wrong direction, right? <laughs> Well, you know what? I am really enjoying these you know mics. What? I'll tell you what. I will never understand why people take offense when you do that. If I could find somebody who could do the Cypriot accent, I will come. Yo, you could do them. Filipino really well. 
Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody <laughs> always starts with the ma'am sir. I don't start with the ma'am sir. Yeah, that's it's a cop out. Yeah, yeah, that's is like there's I much mean, more really, to it. Yeah. You know? Ma'am sir, ma'am sir, ma'am yeah. sir. I mean like I don't understand why they do the ma'am sir thing. Part of me thinks it's Honestly, not even a lot of them say that. Like even in the service industry, not a, not a lot of them say that. Let's Yeah, be. but the ones that do, I, I I wonder why they do that. Is it like they're too lazy to call you either ma'am or sir, so right. they just throw the two together? <laughs> right. Like I don't I don't understand why they do that. Like how my ma'am or sir choose. Right. You know? Yeah, we should we should get into the psycholo- psychology of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why do like, they do that? The, yeah. People don't think about this. Like, why, ma'am, sir? And for right. me, I think it's because they're just they're just getting out, getting the greetings out of the way. Yeah, just like, like ah, ma'am, sir. I don't know, I don't know who walked through the door right now. I'm actually looking at my my phone. Hey, ma'am, <clears throat> sir. Whatever you are, whether you're a ma'am or a sir. Oh, oh you're a sir. And okay, again, fine. please, <laughs> nobody take offense. Okay, this is how it is. Right. All right. Right. I'm just no, but you do you do a real one though, right? You do a you do like a proper one. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know. There's Burst. this. They have you have you have all these people who are talking normally, no? This, <laughs> and some of them you have deep voice. <laughs> this one is very deep, very deep. You know, shout out to all my Filipino friends. Shout out to all my sneaker community guys. You know? mm. <laughs> I, I suck at this. Man. <laughs> really bad. Uh, oh, you, have, all- you have you have to be relaxed. <laughs> yeah, I could just only, be relaxed. Happened only for me. Oh, oh. see, it's like an Indian Sige. comes out. <laughs> What's good for me? What is that? <laughs> yeah, oh. It's really bad. No, I think I'm just used to probably like Indian, Arab. Um, I could do like s- several Arab accents. Maybe some British, like very posh British one. Like I don't know why my voice has to change. You know, <laughs> why do you suddenly have to explore the deep end of your voice? Oh yes, yes, yes. It's quite, I could do like a chavy one. Deep, quite. Down there, <laughs> yes. My name is Scar oh, yeah. Simba. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah. Scar. No, I, for for British, well, yeah. It it comes and goes for me, except the David Attenborough impression. Right. You, yeah. Whenever you send me voice notes, you send me a David Attenborough like sort of. <laughs> well, sometimes I do a face swap. So I'll go online and find a picture of David, and do a face swap, and put it here. It's and then it's you see I'll tell you what it is when you do this this horse thing here and put on an English accent you immediately sound old <laughs> if you do it with an American accent you sound like Bill Clinton <laughs> I did not have sexual relations to that woman Miss Lewinsky <laughs> so anyway with the David Attenborough accent it's down here one time I prank called a, a massive David Attenborough fan in Cyprus <laughs> sorry I ran out of breath over there <laughs> It's funny you <laughs> you look at you look at humans and and you think well well, well why <laughs> why do they <laughs> why do they procreate the way they do on Tinder or swipe left or swipe right what difference does it make this sounds like the death scene in a really poorly written movie <laughs> How about Batman? I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Yeah, Christian Bale. Yeah, mm, no, dude. When you go back to Batman, Christian Bale, like we when we watched Dark Knight, it was like, yeah, fucking Dark Knight, awesome movie. But then you go back and you watch, you watch Christian Bale, like what? This is ridiculous. What's going on here? Yeah, they did a really bad job with the whole voice changing thing. Right. Yeah, that you was see, bad. The idea of swear to me. If you've seen, have you seen the original Batman 1989? With Michael Keaton? With Michael yeah. Keaton. Yeah. That was Batman. Right. You know? Yeah. That was Batman. He kept his voice. It was just a little more sinister. I'm Batman. You know? I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. You know? The growling thing that Christian Bale did for the time, people were going nuts. I, I don't know why. I, I thought it was ridiculous right so, from the so, start. So, hold on. We're talking Batman, right? Batman, so, you, yeah. first, Michael Keaton, <clears throat> right? <clears throat> and I want to wrap this up. I know, like, we're going ahead over time. But I'm, I, I promise it's going to be Batman. Whenever voices get in the way, it keeps, <laughs> keeps going. Keep going. <laughs> we could do a full-on... You know what? Let's just do another podcast called Basil and Milton. <laughs> do, pod, do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, you know? Uh, but, yeah, let's, let's let's talk a little bit about, uh, about Batman, mm. okay? So, Michael Keaton... Because I, I want to talk about this because you're a big Batman fan and you're a big comic book fan and I think this is like perfect like if there's any guess I'm going to talk to about this is you so Michael Keaton was the first uh, movie blockbuster Batman mm-hmm. so the voiceover was I'm Batman I'm Batman right yeah he was very relaxed it was, I liked him you know, yeah he was the dark the dark night you know yeah he was what good. are you 
I'm Batman. And that was it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was it was good. Uh, I um no, I, I remember that Batman. He he did a really good Batman and uh, one of the one of my favorites for sure. Um and after him was Val Kilmer, right? It was yeah. It was, was Val Kilmer. Uh, Val Kilmer and then there was George. Yeah, well, King. let's talk about Val Kilmer. Did you like Val Kilmer as Batman? I have no memory of it. Yeah. Yeah, who's interesting? I have vague memory of George Clooney, but that's because I thought he sucked. Yeah, so right after Val Kilmer, he did a couple of movies, right? As Batman. Bat- Batman Forever and Batman Forever was a good one. I remember yeah. that one. That had Nicole Kidman in it. It had uh did it have Jim Carrey in that one? It did. Did it? Yeah, as the Riddler. Do you remember any of these? I think you were too young for that, right? Yeah. I don't think you were even born, Hind. 93. 93. You were born yeah. in 93? Hind right here is born in 93. <laughs> I was nine years old when that went. <laughs> God damn. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, Val Kilmer. Uh, yeah, I remember Batman Forever. That was a good one. Uh, I don't remember him so much as a Batman, so maybe not much of an impression. Man, he he like, yeah, he was good to that one, and then uh, and with George Clooney, and uh, that was the weirdest Batman. Batman, what was that called? Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Yep. Yep. Chris O'Donnell was Robin. Mm-hmm. God, that was that was a terrible Batman. I can't remember the movie. It was honestly. really bad. It had Arnold in it. I can't believe we didn't do That's an the Arnold one with impression. Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Hi. How are you? It's how great are to you? see you. Fantastic. <laughs> what was that? That was a one-liner that was really bad. Uh, phrase <laughs> something like wait, that. No wait. Yeah, phrase surprise like something like that. <laughs> so bad. I can't. <laughs> I can't remember the line. Phrase. Uh, I'll be back. <laughs> no, the wrong movie. <laughs> wrong movie, dude. No. Yeah. Anyway, that was a really terrible Batman. And then they took a break from Batman for a while. Yep. And then they, they came, came out with Batman Begins, which is actually my favorite of Christian Bale's movies. Right. That was a good one too. That was a really yeah. good one. And then there was The Dark Knight Rises. No, the dark, it, the dark Knight, the just dark the Dark Knight, Knight and, then and then the Dark, dark Knight, Knight Rises. Rises. Right, yeah. the Dark Knight was a really good one with uh, with the Joker and yeah. Um, yeah, the movie was good. The Joker was brilliant, but it was not my favorite Batman movie of that series. The first one was with, yeah, uh, Scarecrow. That's when uh, that's, that's when, when Christian Bale came on, and he didn't really have that thick. Yeah, he crowd. was okay in the first. He was one. okay in the first one. Suddenly, it just morphed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Swear to me, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, the bars on my on my laptop just picked up big time on that one. Um, yeah, and then right after that was uh, Ben Affleck. Yeah, which I'm. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It was he, he's my fa- he was my favorite after Michael Keaton. The problem with Ben Affleck in Justice League is that Justice League was poorly done. Right. Uh, it's not my. My favorite. Mm. You know, I love Batman versus Superman. I know a lot of people didn't, and I quite frankly don't care. Mm. You know, I watched the uncut version, and it is brilliant storytelling. Okay, it's a bit dark. So what? Mm. It's okay to go a bit dark. You right. know, in Avengers, everybody died. You know, that's dark. Whoa! Just... Spoiler alert, everyone. <laughs> what, nobody's seen it. If you haven't seen it by now, you don't deserve to watch it. So, I haven't seen know. it. I mean, I'm not a Marvel fan, but but yeah, I mean, if anybody haven't seen it, I'm so sorry. I had to ruin it for you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. Hint, did you watch it? Was it? A bit dark. No, not a fan. Not a fan. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I don't deserve to watch. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not your thing. If you haven't watched it by now, you're not really into the into it, right? Yeah. 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 yeah so. Me too. It's straightforward. Fuck. Yeah. So everybody dies in the end, huh? Well, pretty much. <laughs> you know. Well, that's a bummer. You know, and the and the story itself, but the story of Avengers is very nice, and I would I think you should watch it. I okay. think you, well, it, not now. It will. It, will, it <laughs> I might. I was going to invest in all fourteen movies or whatever. Well, look, they're making a second part. Something's going to happen. Okay. Right. And okay. it has to do with the stones. Gotcha. You know, okay. At the end of the day. So M- more. More. I think, I, since you don't know the story, I think you should watch it anyway. Cool. I will. I will. You I know? watch it. Okay. Because it will make you think. You know, which side are you on? Yeah. <laughs> right. Honestly, yeah. I heard about that too. Yeah. 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 Dark side. Yeah. Was it dark side? Yeah. 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 No, not Dark Side. Thanos. Thanos. Dark Thanos. Side yeah. Is DC. The only reason I know this is because my nephew is a Thanos and Dark Side fan. Very weird. He really likes villains. He doesn't like the superheroes. Dark Side is awesome. Yeah, he's an awesome villain. I'm like Faisal. You. Uh, he's you a sure formidable foe of uh, Superman. <laughs> I'm like Faisal. You sure you don't like Superman or Batman? No, no. <laughs> Thanos and and Dark Side is is yeah. my where, where it's at for him. But that's cool. And, you know, respect. Yeah, he's different. No. Hopefully so, he'll be a metalhead one day. So Ben Affleck was really good in Batman versus Superman. Mm. I feel. 
I loved the fight choreography. Right. It was very art. That was a good movie. It I, I enjoyed good, it. It was a good movie. If you've watched the uncut version, you know, it tells the story right from beginning to end. I want to see a full Batman movie with uh, Ben Affleck. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, I feel like Warner Brothers shoot themselves in the foot every time. Mm. It becomes a question of creative freedom. At Marvel, they have creative freedom. Right. You know? Yeah. Look what they did with Thor Ragnarok. Even though I didn't like the movie, it was a good movie mm -hmm. for what it was. I was expecting something a bit more epic, so to speak. Right. You know? Yeah. So, but in itself, it was a good movie. That's because they had creative freedom. Generally, all the Marvel movies, they all have creative freedom. In Warner Brothers, I think there's a bit of micromanagement happening. You know, and if right. you're micromanaging creativity, that's a hindrance on creativity. You don't micromanage creativity. Right. You know, because when you're a creative person, you need your space. Amen Not to that, brother. You know, I'm, I'm saying this as a guy who, you know, works in an environment that is creative environment. And mm. when somebody's on my case, I lose my shit. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's hard. And I think Warner Brothers have a big lesson to learn with the, you know, the very the varying reviews of each of the movies they put out for this universe right yeah yeah well i mean mill uh you know i love you bro <laughs> but we gotta wrap this one up let's wrap it up um this was a really fun podcast man yeah it was you know uh, i particularly enjoy the uh voiceover <laughs> yeah uh, uh section of this podcast yeah it's uh you know Everybody enjoys impressions as long as they're good. Yeah. You know, you do an impression of people that you like, you know. Right. Uh, and we love all the uh, nationalities that we've, uh, we've uh, did impressions on. So yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, that. Yeah. No. It's, Didn't make fun of anyone. You know, I've, no. We no, love everybody. You know, I got to say, before we wrap this up, there's a lot of people out there who get offended when I do impressions of, the, say, their accent or where they come from. Right. And I always tell them, you need to understand something. It's an impression, you know, and it's it's not meant to insult you. It's a uh, it is a, a fun approach to trying to sound like you do, mm. you know. And it's hard to do it right. It is hard to do it right. If you're doing it out of spite, or if you're doing it to offend somebody, it's a completely different thing. But if you're doing an impression to have a good time and laugh. You know, and you get offended, you've got a serious problem. I agree, man. You know, you've yeah. got a serious problem. Bring me somebody who can do a good Cypriot accent. I will love it. Absolutely. You well, know? you're the best at that. So yeah. uh, I've not heard any. And sometimes when I hear people speak, I'm like, oh, that sounds like Milton doing a Cypriot uh, impression. <laughs> but it just turns out that you're really accurate at it. Uh, Mel, thank you so much for stopping by today. Uh, Hind, thank you so much for uh, being a part of this podcast today. Uh, filming and participating today. I was very happy to involve you in our conversation. So thank you so much. I'm very sorry I was late. <laughs> yeah, we were all late today. I was late too, and it is what it is. So uh, we're two hours behind schedule, but it's all good. My parents are in town, so I should go see them. But thank you so much, Miltiadis. Woo! Thanks, bro. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. I'll see you at the next one.